Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Makers, a brand new show on PopNuts about making, 3D printing, and all types of creation. Not creationism. Creation. There's a difference. We're going to start talking about that here right away. Uh, real quick, I am completely new to this. I'm a firm believer in the realm of podcasting. It's always good to have a yin and a yang. Somebody who is mature, somebody who is educated, somebody who is experienced, and then to have somebody who is not experienced communicate with them to ask those questions. What does that mean? What is PDL? What is, you know, all these kinds of things. So I'm going to be that guy. Uh, I am going to be getting into the actual 3D making, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, I'm going to go from the top down. Uh, we are first and foremost joined by Brett. How's everything going, Brett? It's going good. Uh, I just uh, started myself maybe a year or so back, so you know, it's I'm pretty new to it as well. So I might be in the middle. Gotcha, gotcha. We're also joined joined by um joined by Chad Corey, longtime uh, Podnuts guy. Hey, Dor. Yeah, um, I've been 3D printing now for oh, not quite a year, but making things. A lot of different things. I've got. I've been making CNC machines for. Oh, I don't know. I started my first one. Uh, it had to be about eight years ago, nine years ago. I've got a couple of those. <clears throat> just finished up another one. Um, yeah, love just making things. Well, yeah, but I'll say for you, I also believe it's uh, almost uh, career related as well. Um, we're also joined by uh, Flying Rich. From a couple other shows, including the Mini PC show. How's everything going, Rich? Oh, good. And, and I'm excited. I, I got a bunch of things going on here, and I am new to 3D printing since, I guess, November uh, when I got a very low cost printer from China. Roger, Roger. Uh, we're also joined by uh, Jonas. How's everything going, man? Aloha. Going well. So I've got. Uh... We got a 3D printer in the office. Been using it for about eight months. It's a Hicktop Prusa i3 clone. Does pretty much most things under 260 degrees. I also do a bit of Arduino stuff for a couple of years. A little experience with the K40 Chinese laser cutter engraver. And uh, bought an X-Carve about a year and a half ago. CNC machine. Been doing a lot of projects with that. It's going pretty good. Very cool, very cool. And last but not least for now, we have uh, Liam Tidwell. How's everything going, man? Oh, uh, you know, I can't complain too much, Door. Not that it would really help. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear about that K40 there. Um, I've been printing coming up on a year. I got my first one, I want to say, June of last year, maybe July. It's not too long, but it's definitely bit me pretty good. I've got three printers now, just built a... CNC as well. Um, excited to make some stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I'll say from what I'm gathering, uh, everybody I know who has one of these things and does it and even remotely uses it is really passionate about uh, it. And it's almost like tattoos where the people who get one seem to not just stop at one. They seem, they, uh, seem to get more than one and it doesn't take long. Personally, I uh, I had mine for about three months, and then uh, once I met you guys, I ordered an FT5 uh, maybe a month and a half after I met you guys, and I haven't looked back. I'm probably going to get another one as well. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Well, well, well. Let's slow down with all the models and names because really, I've heard of them before, but I have no idea what they are. So I want to first go back and say, Brett, um, where in the world are you? And how? If you, okay, the real question I want to know: If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? And what drove you to wanting to do this kind of making? Well, um, personally, I'm in uh, Chino, California. I've been making since I was 12. I got my first Arduino, uh, found it at Radio Shack, and uh, never, ever stopped. Um, I started building um, CAD, um, computer design software files for my dad when I was 15. Never did anything with them. Um came up to let's see I'm 26 now and once I got a 3D printer I realized hey I can actually do something with the CAD files now so if I wasn't doing that I would probably be still delivering pizzas but uh, right now I'm working at a uh, at a garage and uh, doing CAD designs for them so you know, I, I'm really happy about it, and it's really, really fun, and I've never, ever stopped since I was 12. Friggin' awesome. I think that's like the definition of uh, following your passion. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've I've followed nothing but it for a long time now. Roger, roger. And uh, hey, Chad, uh, what, what part of the world are you in? And I kind of mentioned that your job kind of revolves around making, correct? Yeah, I'm in uh, North Dakota right now. Um, yeah, well, been there my whole life, basically. So, um, yeah, I'm a CNC machinist, uh, programming, setting up machines, different things like that. I have different jobs. And, uh, you know, I, I've i always been, when I was growing up, we didn't have much money, and you made things of out of everything else you had you you would cobble things together to make stuff work my dad had his own tree service so we were always fixing equipment and you know working on stuff and oh that got me into so many things building cars um i do a little bit of chainsaw carving i do chisel carving stuff like that too um everybody tells me i just have too many hobbies and i don't concentrate on one of them enough but um that's kind of me in a nutshell well first off i didn't know they had trees in north dakota so that's news to me oh really yeah no it's we have plenty of them well that's good um i'm not going to say you have too many hobbies and that you don't focus on enough because from what i can tell when you get into something you kind of really get into something well, yeah, and lately I've been thinking about it, you know, it's all my hobbies have surrounded, you know, just making things. Um, that's, you know, from working with Blender and different things like that. Oh, I've even tried making apps for, you know, Android apps. I've, if it involves making something, I'm in it. I, I want to learn more, and when I find something that I want to learn more about, I dive in head first. Golly, that's really cool. And I think you live in the beautiful time in history where anytime you want to learn something, you literally just go to your friendly neighborhood browser, go to Google and just type away. Yeah. You got to love YouTube. You got to love it. 
Yeah, uh, the number two search engine in the world, and I will say I am going to YouTube more than ever, searching all kinds of information and the audio quality and some of the lack of professionalism on YouTube is hard to swallow. Um, but the amount of information is crazy. Well, that's for sure. And I find if you're looking for something, don't stop with one video, keep looking, digest as much of the videos as you can. Cause there's always going to be somebody doing it a different way. And that might just click with you better than the first video you saw. Roger, Roger. Um, and Rich, I know you're in the Hughes Compound Southern Command, but where is that? Uh, Jupiter, Florida. Actually, Jupiter Farms. Roger, Roger. And uh, is making something you consider uh, a, a like lifelong thing, or is this like a ADHD, OCD, in, uh, uh, diving in kind of thing? You know, I... I probably had my father gifted me with one of the best things that any father could gift a, a son with, and my dad did everything. So I never thought that anybody's dad didn't do everything. And, and whether it was you know plumbing, electrical, building an addition on the house, or repairing the car, whatever it may be, my dad did everything. And I learned, and just just kind of like you know Brett said and and Chad, you know it's like. We didn't have a lot, not like I grew up poor, that, that wasn't the case, but my dad uh, conserved his money and whatever he could fix on his own, he fixed on his own. But uh, I, it, I do want to oh, yeah, continue with that. I'll say that's awesome. And that's the kind of thing I think I like. I like when people have influence from way back that just instills in them the desire to just find solutions for everything. Well, it's kind of like breathing. I'm like, and I always have to, um, I, I remember I was at Oshkosh at the air show and I saw something I wanted and I said, oh my gosh, $40 for that. It's a hunk of plastic with a strap on it. And I said, well, what, what do you, I can't believe they're charging that much. It's really 10 cents worth of injection molded plastic. I'm like, okay. So if you make it yourself, I'm like, all right, so it would take a week of evenings. I could do with fiberglass and foam. And, you know, first night I'd do the layup on one side and let it dry and then do the layup on the second side. Then the third night I would cut it out. And then the fourth night I would, you know, flox it and glue it. And I'm like, all right, now if I paid myself $2 an hour to do that, how much would it cost me? I'm like, yeah, it'd probably be about two, 300 bucks. So that $40 item is actually a bargain just forgetting about the material cost, just thinking about your time. And so it, it's always tough for me to get to that point and say, you know what, reach in your pocket, pull out the cash and pay the man because I want to build it myself. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. And to me, you really have to do it at least once to understand the amount of time and effort and insight and experience that goes into something to really value it. Oh, yeah. And, and I just want to say something to Brett. I, I don't know if we talked about it. You got one of the coolest airports in the country right right around the corner from you. That's Chino Airport. And then Flo's Diner at Chino Airport is just way cool. Yeah, I, uh, I've been to Flo's off and on for since I was born. My, my grandfather was very – my grandfather's very popular in Chino. And, uh, yeah, Flo's is one of the places that, that we've gone to many, many times. Oh, that's funny. We may know the same people then. Let's see. Uh, do you? Yeah. Uh, do you know a guy named um, a guy named Nayrod? Uh, no, I, I would go there on Saturday. Well, not like I've been there frequently. I've only been there two or three times. But uh, on Saturday, when the Canard guys uh, have breakfast or brunch. 
That's funny. Um, Kennard, um, yeah, I think, I think I do know him. Dairyman, right? I'm sorry you got stepped on with the uh, channel announcement. But anyhow, enough about Flo's Airport and all that. Bit. I mean, Flo's Diner and uh, Chino Airport. Oh, and the museum there. That's why I want to say it. the museum is phenomenal. If you've ever been there, go to the museum at Chino Airport. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Uh, and um, and uh, Jonas, I'm going to first off assume you're either Hawaiian or you're in Hawaii, which makes me really, really envious. Uh, I've been to a lot of different states in the 48 but uh never been outside of that and i know a couple of co-workers who went to uh, hawaii for three or four years quote-unquote nsa jobs uh and everything they say is fantastic about it but have you been making for a living or a passion for life or what really just for me i do a couple of work projects on the cnc machine but uh i'm texan from in hawaii so not actually hawaiian well, then, hell, I mean, Texan's the most proud place I've ever heard of, and Hawaii seems like the most laid-back place in the world, so, like, the best of both worlds. Yeah, definitely a good combo. I enjoy it a lot. Very cool, very cool. Um, Liam Tidwell, I'll say, if, if that name might ring a bell to people who listen to Podnuts material, he was on, I don't even know how long it was, Liam on uh, Nuts at Night? Some would argue it was too long. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but I will say it was really fun to listen to. Uh, we definitely put the F.U. in fun over there. Oh, go testify. So, I, and I'll say this, I, I, I've chatted with Liam literally all, off and on for years and years and years. Liam, to me, seems to have the absolute best combination of OCD and ADHD in a good way, in a good way. And what I mean is when he decides to look at something he doesn't just look at it. He literally evaluates it, researches it, looks at the history of it, and tries to understand all, every single aspect of it. So while he's only been into 3D printing for you know a year or whatever, uh, there's little doubt in my mind he is just as knowledgeable as people who've been doing this for a while. So I got to ask Liam, first off, A, have you always been like that? But B, were you into making, designing uh, creating your own stuff the entire time, or is this just a recent uh, thing? Um, yes and yes. Uh, let me let me stop you there, though. Uh, I, you're giving me far too much credit. I'm I'm just a spelunker. When I when I see something I, I'm interested in, I I just deep dive on it until it no longer interests me. Um, I want to find out right away if something that's I want to find out right away if it's something that's going to hold my interest or not. And if it's not, I just want it passed. But um, yeah. I, I think everybody has the desire to make, to create, to build. Um, it's just finding the tool that works for you or the right medium. Like, I'd love to paint and draw, but when I do, it looks like crap. And uh, I'm not going to put forth the effort to learn those skills. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm here in Texas, uh, full-time, run a tech shop. I, again, that was one of those things I just got into, started doing for myself, and then slowly started turning it into making a living. Um, I've done a little bit of printing for money. That's slowly going to be a thing. Um, the, the, the stuff I enjoy doing, I don't ever want to not enjoy it. So when making money off something like that becomes a hassle, that's when I stop doing it as far as for money. So this is going to be... A fun thing and I think that's what we're here to do is help people figure out how they can make that thing they have an idea of 
And uh, wh- where are you at, Doran? Tell us why you're in this now. Well, I'm in uh, right outside Baltimore, Maryland, Maryland, um, up in uh, Hartford County, which is definitely, thank God, not in Baltimore City, because I'd probably be dead by now. Um, uh, I will just say many teachers in my youth insisted I be on multiple forms of medication. Um, uh, so when I get into something, I have a tendency to literally like drill completely through it way too viciously and violently kind of thing. I thrash at things. Um, painting and drawing, I'll say you literally kind of, one of my thoughts is I really wish I had the ability to do good sketches. I don't even want to say paintings or drawings or pieces of art, just good sketching kind of thing. Even if it's just like charcoal drawing or kind of thing, or just pencil drawing, because I really do think it's that kind of thing that I could do, but it's just that sitting down to actually do it is something very sitting down to any one thing. It seems to be very difficult for me to do unless I really am like into it, like creating for me, uh, you know, every kid play-doh legos every kid was like in my opinion was a lego holic and i was completely into legos as a kid um when i got into like middle school i found origami and i can tell you i for years for decades just folded paper in all kinds of ways making spheres globes throwing stars dragons x-wing fighters bowls cups all kinds of stuff just to just to make them and and what i really found i liked was the satisfaction at the very end of putting that last piece in connecting that last thing and having something created in the palm of my hand out of apparently nothing kind of thing and um the idea of a 3d printer to me i knew going into it because back when i attended college um (laughs) just barely attended college um and in high school barely attended that too I did do computer aid designing and drafting in CAD. So I understood a lot of the basics functions of using that software, but I knew getting into this 3D designing thing would definitely be a thing that would take time for me to at least grasp even the beginning stages of it. Um, And I'll say so far, I'm finding all the software that I'm looking at unbelievably mature and not really incredibly complex. Yeah, there's definitely a uh, ease of entry to 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 this stuff um, from from where I thought it would be, anyways. Uh, uh, Tinkercad's a perfect example. If you if you're looking to design something and you don't know where to start, um, starting with Tinkercad, you can't go wrong. Maybe down the line when you move to a more uh, mature tool, there's going to be a little bit of relearning, but Tinkercad is a great place to start, and they have wonderful wonderful um, training demo videos uh there's demo videos worksheets to to go through um i i stuck my kid on there i had him run through several of the lessons that's the word i'm looking for lessons how old and, is the kid because i want to know what level i'm working at here <laughs> he is nine but he was doing that when he was eight he uh designed a couple things on his own we printed it out it was kind of a, a fun thing but um tinkercad is a great great place to start I'm throwing down on this because uh, last yesterday I got the sticker that my up squared board came and I had to sign, so it came later today, actually. Last night in a couple hours, I think it was like three hours, I designed a case for it on Tinkercad, and I had it printed out and done in the morning. 
Yeah, and I think um, printing is a great... It's a wonderful tool because it scratches that itch for me on two levels. One, I get to build a printer, which I love. I'm I'm very much like Door. I I I know what it's going to end up like. There's a process. I build it. It's complete. You get that satisfaction. But now you have a tool so that when you finally do have a creative thought in your head, which I'm not great at, <laughs> um, I can then make that thought a reality. Um, and that's I, I think that's just win-win, you know. I, I hate to say it. I built the printer. You, you know, I got the printer because it was cheap and I built it. And then I'm like, now what do I do with it? And now I'm finding, you know, I, I, I just flow with it. I just have, I got a whiteboard full of items I want to print. Well, yeah, everybody has their reason for wanting a printer. Um, I think that reason changes for people. It's, I, I, it's kind of akin to going to college. You, oh, I'm going to go to college. I want to do this. And then you get in and you start doing some class and you realize, no, that's not what I want to do. Um, when you when you get a new tool, you figure it out and figure out how to use it and where to use it. And it's organic. It changes. Well, I think one of the cool things about 3D printers is uh, one of my friends described it in, in a way he said it's incestuous and in that you can print parts for your printer. You can print parts for your printer to make your printer better. And what you guys did uh, over the last couple of weeks is just blowing my mind. It's like I got an itch that, that's just driving me crazy. The MPCNC, which is the mostly printed CNC, I want to build in the worst way. It's driving me crazy. Be prepared for your printer to be busy. <laughs> Unusable for a while then. I need a second one. That's what I thought when I started doing it. Yeah, it, uh, it quickly snowballs, that's that's for sure. I, I, I keep telling myself I don't need a fourth one, I just want one. Right, well, okay, we'll, 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 uh, let's first slow down just a hair. Okay, 3D printers are essentially, for the people who are uninitiated, they are essentially like your regular printer printer, only you don't have ink cartridges printing on top of paper. You have a printhead that moves in three dimensions, forwards, backwards, side by side, and up and down, and it has a, and it's what's called um, uh, additive manufacturing, which, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is really like the first time in our history where we have additive manufacturing, where we're able to take something and build it up in order to make it. Like the old analogy I use is um, to make toothpicks, you had to take a tree chop it down and then break it down into smaller pieces and then you had the toothpick you didn't build it up from something and then correct me if i'm wrong C cnc i don't even know what it stands for but to me that's the opposite that's sub um subtractive creation maybe it's called yeah um i, I chad probably has more to say about this but yeah cnc is a subtractive process um printing 3d printing fff specifically is a additive process um, CNC's computer number control chat. Uh, computer ah, numeric. numeric control. Yeah, computer numeric control. Okay, and the and instead of having ink on your three D printer, you basically have a roll of filament, which is essentially a type of plastic. And for the uninitiated, unfortunately and fortunately, there's not just one type of plastic. There's multiple, and I don't even want to call them plastics. Uh, resin maybe is a better word. Um, I, I think plastics covers the majority of it. 
Um, you, you can think of it as a spool of trimmer line, which you actually can print with trimmer line, um, it, being that it's nylon. People do that. I, not necessarily recommended, but uh, it, it's it's making. That's that's what we're here for. Build it, break it, learn some stuff, make it better. Exactly. Yeah, and every filament has, and well, every kind of plastic has their use case. Um, you know, if you're building something that's going to be in the heat, you want to get something that can withstand the heat. You you've got to look into the properties of the plastic before you start printing something. Yeah, and this is where I don't want to say. It gets deep for me in the beginning, but it depends. You might need something to withstand heat, something to withstand cold, something that is rigid, does not have any flex to it at all, something that, or you might need something that does have flex to it. You might be looking for something that's almost translucent. You might be looking for something that has high gloss on it. You might be looking for something that glows in the dark. I mean, the amount of different possibilities, I don't want to say it seems overwhelming, but in the beginning, there's a good amount of choice. Well, the choice, yeah. Um, you know, if you want to print a phone case, you got to get TPU. Um, you can't just say TPU. You got to tell people what that is. Well, it's a, um, well, I don't know, it's, um, it's a flexible, basically all your like bumper cases for your phone, that's this material, but this is in a filament form that you can print. So the, the cooler thing, one of the cool things I've seen is somebody printed an RC car and the tires because with the TPU, you can print the tires. That's really cool. Now, of course, because I'm lazy, I just go to Google and say, define TB, TPU. Thermoplastic polyurethane is any class of polyurethane plastic with many properties, in including elasticity, transparency, transparency and resistance to oil grease abrasion blah 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 blah. now one question i have is when you're doing a basic designing process do you have to and i'm sure the answer is yes but i'm also sure the answer is it depends do you have to take into consideration your end use of it and the design of it to what kind of plastic you're using. Like if you're using this type of plastic, you can't go too thin. If you're using this type of plastic, you know, you, you like can go thinner or is that not really something you have to worry about most of the time? Well, I think definitely that's something you have to consider. What, what is it going to be used for? If it's um, something that's going to take vibration, you're going to have a lot of vibration, you probably want to go with like an ABS that's not gonna, it doesn't shatter. It, it, it kind of, it can take, if it's semi flexible um, compared to uh, PLA, which is a more rigid and can be more, well, it is more heat sensitive, temperature sensitive. It'll deform at, you know, 90 degrees Celsius or whatever it is. So you have to take all that in consideration. Plus you have shrinkage on these, on your plastics as from hot to cold, there is shrinkage. So you have to take that into factor when you're making stuff. So you have to leave tolerances for that. Okay. Now, oh, sorry, go ahead, Liam. I was just going to say, yeah, the, uh, the job dictates the tools, which then dictates the, the filament. Um, there, there are huge limitations to printing. Um, once you understand those limitations and learn how to work around them, 
the sky's kind of the limit. And then, um, I mean, whether you're making trinkets or tools or something that just needs to be functional, um, really dictates the the design process and uh, what materials and what kind of printer will work best. And that's just one of those things that's trial and error. I mean, I have a box, a a big old new egg box full of failed and um, not bad prints, but prints that have been superseded. And so they're just sitting there until somebody goes, oh, my God, 3D printing. Can I have that? And I go, yeah. Or I end up recycling them in some form or fashion. So uh, first and foremost, printing is just a lot of failure. Yeah, don't think that you're going to jump on this and every print's going to come out perfect. There's going to be version 5, version 6, and, you know, I print a lot of stuff that is the same thing, but I opened up the hole a little bigger or whatever because it doesn't fit just right or whatever, and you're going to have a lot of that. So don't let that, you know, slow you down. Yeah, it is a hugely iterative process to uh, to design, print, and have something come off first time exactly how you wanted it. I it, that's to be celebrated, but at the same time, it's kind of rare. I, I mean, it happens, but it's it's not necessarily the norm. And you know, a couple of things. One, the, this isn't to the point of a laser jet inkjet whatever the the quality of the reliability that kind of thing you this is like the model a the model t ford where you have to know how to fix it yourself and the other part about it is uh you need to know how to design something for 3d printing um how do i make it in and how do you lay it on the bed how should it be printed? Should it be horizontal? Should it be vertical? Should it be on a 45-degree angle? Those are all factors into will it have any strength when it's done? If it's you know a desk ornament, that's one thing. But if it's a functional thing uh, and it, has, it does require some strength, you got to think about how you're going to print it for those strength uh, capabilities. And also how to print it so it doesn't have all sorts of support material or for speed. It's like, so you're always going to run the compromise of strength, speed, support uh, when you do your bed layout on the print. For me, uh, uh, I'm, I'll be using ABS in my new job quite a bit because of the, uh, the, the heat tolerance. It's a different way of printing. I mean, acetone um, goes after it. So, you know, you can use acetone to smooth it, which is really nice. You can use uh, acetone and ABS combined to make it so it sticks to the bed. So, I mean, personally, for me, ABS is a little bit more of a personal preference for me. Okay, so ABS is a different type of filament. Is um, I don't want to say this wrong. I mean, I'm sure there's reasons to do one or the other. For a complete beginner, is there a reason to do one over the other? There definitely is, um, in my opinion, anyways. Um, ABS, you've got PLA, which is corn plastic. You have PETG, nylons, a whole bunch of other um, exotics. Generally, you're going to start out with PLA. That's that's the drawing with a pencil. You're just going to learn how to put some lines on a paper and, and make the stick figure. Um, it's simple. It's relatively safe. It's not super expensive. 
it's very accessible. It, uh, low barrier to entry. ABS, PETG, some of the others, you need more controlled environment. You have to account for shrinkages. There's more fumes and uh, stuff that comes off of them that may or may not be a consideration. That's kind of still up to a debate. Um, but yeah, uh, start with PLA for sure. But you know what we didn't talk about is the big danger of 3D printing. It's it's like the what was the machine on the ice? The Zamboni. You know how people just stare at the Zamboni machine. That's I put my 3D printer. I have a very large desk. It's a like a dining room table size, and I had my 3D printer on my desk. I got nothing done. I moved it into the garage because yeah, I just like, stare at it all day. It's like being hypnotized by it. At your first few times you print, you're going to be staring at it watching it because it is kind of amazing you know and when you do multi-hour prints or i've printed things that have taken you know 70 80 hours to print you know just one object so when you do stuff like that yeah you, you don't want it anywhere near you right and and i was harking back um i know whenever i created anything the first ones were garbage and but the more modern example i use is when coding things if i code something and it actually works the first time i'm terrified i'm literally terrified because something is not something's not right if it works the very first time i literally don't trust it and i break it down and i build it again because there's no way anything i code works completely the first time there's always something that i missed um so i honestly expect it now here's the question is there anything productive you can do with the prints that turn into uh, deformations, uh, you know, like hunchbacks. Like, is there something, sorry for any hunchbacks out there, but is there anything you can do with these wasted uh, uh, um, prints? Make a mobile of bail. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, um, it's, it, it seems to be, I, I, I see a lot of people posting um, shadow boxes full of, busted, destroyed, failed prints, and then, you know, it always has some sort of thing on there that says, you know, failure is an option, or failure is learning, or some sort of thing to that effect that you can then hang up and be like, hey, that, that's a great reminder that if you're not failing, you're probably not learning very much. Right, now, here, um, I got a real quick question, because I just, I just literally Googled just for giggles, and it said, uh, the types of 3D printers, and now I'm almost terrified again. I come here to this link uh, at from all3dp.com, which I know is at least a little bit of a popular website, uh, and it lists nine different types of 3D printers. FDM, SLA, DLP, SLS, SLM, EMB, LOM, BJ, MJ. My, I mean, what, what? Why this does not seem like a very unified thing and makes me a little bit hesitant? Well, I think that's why we're doing the show. <clears throat> I think everybody, and I know I did too when I started, you get, you start looking at these posts and stuff and all these options and whatnot. Oh, it can scare you. And it did for me at first, but it you just got to simplify it. So, uh, I don't even know where to start. Maybe Liam's got something on this. Um, what, what your average person is going to run into if they get into this is FDM and SLA. FDM is what we all have. It's uh, fused deposition modeling. You're, you're laying down strings of plastic to make big globs of plastic. SLA, stereolithography, um, 
that's what the STL files, that's your model file that we send off to the slicer, which then preps it for the printer. That's where that came from. Uh, that uses resins and light. You cure the resin with the light. You get much, much finer detail on that stuff. It tends to be slower. It tends to be more caustic, dangerous from that standpoint, cleanup mess. Um, but that's that would be the next level as far as quality of prints go. So if you want to... Jewelers use these quite often to make molds for lost wax casting and that type of thing. But yeah, mostly what we're going to be talking about is probably FDM for the for the next little while. But within FDM, there's different types. You want to cover that? Well, I mean, there's machine layouts. You have Cartesian and Delta. It That just tells you what kind of math it's using, really. Deltas are the round ones, so you got three arms. The the base is circular. You have a a uh, a, a tube that it's basically a cone shape, depending on how tall it is, how much of a cone you get. Um, Cartesian that just means it's x y z coordinates in the normal x y z. There's no funky um, algebra to convert it to a three arm setup. Those are your your two basic types of FDM printers. Well, and, and and I'm gonna take a guess here. I'm gonna take a guess and say the FDM class is what I want to say. Class of three printers are going to be the ones that people typically start out with, almost because of price, maybe. Well, I would say that was what it used to be, but now there is some deltas that are on the market that are reasonable priced. You know, fairly, you know, under that two hundred fifty dollar mark. So I don't know. It's not quite the case anymore. So. But at two fifty, that's a kit, right? Yep, that's a build it yourself. That's a assemble it yourself type deal. And while I don't know a whole lot about deltas, I, I do know uh, the Cartesian, which I got a clone, and that I think I paid you know like one sixty five for. Right now, it's on sale for like one fifty nine, and that includes the shipping. But it takes about eight hours to assemble. Well, I'll say your time may vary. Oh, definitely. I have the same printer as you, Rich, um, the ANET A8. Um, yeah, I think a couple days working on it, four or five, four or five hours a day, because it is a lot of parts that you have to assemble and you have to do them in a certain order, and it's kind of like putting together a uh, erector set. That could burn your house down if you get it wrong. Yeah, I I don't think any part of it was overly complex, and probably the thing that would scare most people would be the wiring, and the wires were all labeled both ends, so if you got that wrong, you just didn't read. Yeah, and I think what Liam was saying is it could, there is safety considerations when you're looking at buying a printer, Um, like mine, the ANET A8, has started some fires. Um, some of the connectors are pulling more amperage than they're rating, rated for. Um, it comes with kind of a chintzy, uh, cheap power supply. Um, there's other things you've got to take into consideration. Like if you're going to put a surround around it, you don't want your electronics in the surround because they like to fail at heat. They don't. It's not the best quality stuff, but at the same time, I get very good prints off it. So, yeah, gotcha, it, gotcha. it's definitely been a race to the bottom as far as these kits go. Um, that's just 
the availability of them. Um, I guess it was way back in the 70s, maybe earlier, that 3D printers first became a thing for the big Stratasys companies. Um, patents have expired. That's why these Cartesians and Deltas exploded. And then, of course, them being open source and uh, the community to build around them, I, I think, is the reason we, we have the availability that we do of these and the, and the pricing and then, of course, low-cost computing. It all kind of goes hand-in-hand hand to come together to make these things available for us. But it's, I mean, it's just like any other tool. All tools are dangerous in some aspect. You just need to be aware of those things going in to use the tool. Well, yeah, I, I can take a kitchen knife and I can cut my steak. Or I can take my kitchen knife and stab somebody with it. The tool is just a tool, is my logic. But now here's the okay, really quick. I think it's almost safe to say, back when these things were brand new onto the scene, the possibility to getting a printer with faulty parts, faulty boards, faulty whatever, to where it could cause uh, major issues, could cause catastrophes, I have to believe with time that has to go down at least a little bit, the, uh, their safety, I would think, has to get better now. Well, I think you've worked backwards on that. Um, when they first hit the market, they were so expensive that they were, you know, there was only a few companies doing it, and they were so expensive that they better work correctly. And as they move forward, they're getting so cheap that they're putting cheaper MOSFETs in there, or like in the case of the ANET A8, they're just not putting the right connectors on, you know, connectors that jiggle and don't make a constant connection. So like with mine, I ended up soldering straight to the board a lot of the connections just for safety reasons. Yeah, same here. The uh, My bed heater connector was cooking. It, it was singed. And that's been the case of uh, quite a few fires with these things. So, yeah, I soldered that's directly on. And then to the board, I soldered my power directly on. I <clears throat> converted a PC power supply for the power supply because they're safer and they run fans, so they run cooler. Um, and they have uh, heat sensors in them, so if they get hot, they shut off, you know. There's some safety things that they don't put on these cheaper printers that you just need to know and retrofit them a little bit. But but at the price you pick them up at, you know, I think I've got a, I don't know, maybe $50 into add-ons on my printer. Yeah, the, uh, the upgrade thing is definitely something uh, I think everybody gets into when you get a printer. You get a printer and you go, hmm, how can I make this better? And that's probably the first several items you're going to be printing or reprinting because uh, I, I know, for instance, myself, I, I needed a fan to keep the the printed object, cool it down so it doesn't warp as you're printing it, so it, it prints properly. Well, the first fan you print, you don't have a fan for it. So you print the shroud, then you install the shroud, then you reprint the shroud because now you have a fan so that you can print it better. There, there's a lot of that with this. I, I think it's very much like uh, car guys and upgrading their cars. Well, yeah, and now, yeah, because when you say kit, what you literally mean is I is like uh, buying a piece of furniture from I from I um IKEA. A with a kit, you get a box of parts and not a completely prefab, ready to go kind of printer. And it does seem like it. And here's one of the things I like. 
all of the enhancements I see and I hear about you guys doing, none of it is putting fins on a car. None of it is pointless things. Everything I hear you guys printing to enhance your printers are literally enhancing the printers. And I think that's kind of a cool thing to use a device to improve itself. Wait a second. Didn't Chad put lights he can change the color on? Okay, I did put some fins on mine, <laughs> but I needed to put lights in my enclosure so you could see it. Otherwise, my camera can't see it. And that is functional because if I set a print and I leave, I want to be able to see my print, you know, to check on it. All right. So the, this is what we didn't talk about and I didn't know about until I started talking with you guys. I grabbed a webcam and I put it next to my printer and I thought I was all hot stuff and I was like groundbreaking. You can use a Raspberry Pi as your print server and stream uh, the video from it so you can see what's going on, which I think is just crazy cool. Well, trust me, we're not saying we're going to, we are going to get there, but really quick question. Chad said in, um, in, um, in, um, closure. Um, my question is when you say enclosure, do you literally mean enclosure, like a fully contained in, you know, like, uh, surroundings to the printer? Yeah. So basically it's, think of it as putting a box over your printer so that you can control the environment inside that because when you're printing certain materials you need to like abs you need to control so it doesn't get a gush of cold air or something because that can cause lifting and different things and you can also control the fumes coming out of it and it just provides a higher level of control of the environment so okay well then like cooking in the oven when i open the enclosure i shouldn't like shove my head right in maybe let it air out a little bit at first i don't know well yeah i don't know how you cook i don't know yeah maybe <laughs> but it's more of a um as it's printing you don't well when you're rising bread you don't want to open that door and make a big vibration that will cause it to fall that you makes know? a lot of sense um it, it it's removing variables and then safety that that's how i look at it well yeah and 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 that's, that was going to be my second part would this enclosure could this enclosure can it increase safety with these printers I, it By can far. both increase it and decrease it um oh. i mean because now you have a box full of heat and if you don't control that heat well maybe you just caused a, a failure faster um right yeah i had a uh i actually in in theme of the maker um, I put one of my printers inside of an old refrigerator, which was great until it got overheated and uh, the motor started skipping and, you know, but the idea of it was to keep the heat controlled while the refrigerator did a little bit too good a job of that. Yeah, and you got to watch your electronics because if you look at any electronic spec, they have a, a temperature, an operating temperature. Um, variable you know and if you put your all your electronics inside an enclosure you got to remember your bed is probably heated you know could be up to 110 degrees or more and that's celsius um and all your motors are creating heat everything's creating heat your nozzles 200 and some degrees celsius so i moved all my electronics outside of that just because we all know 
that the cooler you keep your electronics, the better they operate. Oh yeah, just like a um a server room. Now, now I, I do understand some of the reasons to not have it too hot in there, but I think I understand the reason to have the things warm is just so the plastic melts correctly as it's coming out of the printhead. Yeah, on certain plastics, you need to control how fast it cools down um, so that it bonds, you get you get layer adhesion. Yeah, I had a buddy um, that swears that everything that comes out of a 3D printer lo- looks like complete crap because he was in a micro center or some store, some store where they actually had a 3D printer set up. And it was literally just sitting out in the open printing stuff. And I tried to explain to him, um, literally opening a door 10 feet away from a 3D printer can cause enough of a temperature shift where you're going to, you know, disrupt how it should be. Because I do, now if I'm not mistaken, some of the fans you need are just to have, is just to make sure that the uh, area is being ventilated. But correct me if I'm wrong. Some of the times you really do need like a fan almost directly pointing at where it just got done printing. So it cools down. Maybe. Yeah, you do. Um, for PLA, especially you want to cool it fast because it, it's temperature sensitive and it'll start drooping and you'll get, you, you'll get, um, uh, sagging in your parts if you don't have a fan on there and different things and it just helps with your print quality for sure you want <clears throat> for PLA especially you gotta and it, it just depends what material you're working with gotcha gotcha now he, he, here's a question I I'm not sure I really do know the answer of it um I understand uh, one of the reasons to buy a kit versus a completed printer is cost you save a good amount of money if i'm not mistaken that's definitely true for most kits um it it, again it's a tool some people want to build their tractor some people just want to buy it and go you know collect the corn um i i think most of us on here are are the kind that both we we want to save some money and we want to build it because there's some satisfaction in that plus then when you break it because it'll break you should at least have a little bit of knowledge on how to repair it and and maybe we should go back and and talk about how you how you pick do do I build or buy pre-built you know um and why why we got into printing oh i agree um i do think it's one of those things if you have the option available i do think you should buy a kit first so you put it together so you understand the time that went into it but also yeah you become intimately aware of all of like every single nut, every single screw, every single member of the device. Um, I am the only one on this show without a 3D printer, but I really do want one. And I literally am the kind that has no clue on where to start. I'm the fool who would go to YouTube, watch a video or two and believe, oh, well, that must be the one I need. But what I don't understand is, uh, is there, should there be a decision process in what kind of printer you want, or is it just the one that's the most affordable for your needs? Yeah, I'm going to jump in here because I, I did the no-brainer. Like, serious? I can get this from China delivered to me for $160? How quick can I order it? <laughs> that, that was my decision process. And yet, I did the same thing. But I do think that knowing what I know now, 
there is some considerations to make. You know, how handy are you with assembling things? Can you put IKEA furniture together very well? You know, if you can, then you may want to think about a kit. If you can't, pre-assembled may be the way to go. Chad, I, I'm going to tell you, I I think the printer uh, went together easier than most IKEA furniture, and probably because I did it watching YouTube videos. Oh, same here, same here. I think it was a very easy build. It's just it's tedious, and do you want to spend anywhere from five to twelve hours putting it together? Right, and and there there's never been a piece of IKEA furniture where I haven't like just wanted to tear the instructions apart. I I got it absolutely out of my mind crazy and like i've built every part of a car i've built parts of airplanes i can't build this chair i i didn't hit that with the 3d printer because i guess a youtube video really goes a long way oh by far i've torn my el camino down to uh, i've replaced every nut and bolt on it almost um so the kit was perfect for me you know but there is guys out there and women that, you know, can't follow directions or get lost or whatever, or whatever their reason is they can't put together something like that, that I don't think this kits are a great choice. But at the same point, the kits are getting easier. Some of the kits are getting easier to put together, too. So that's something to think about, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, with it, It's... A- it's very much like a PC. Um, some people buy them pre-made. Some people want to build them. Um, you definitely have options. I, I think a lot of it starts very first at what do I want to print and why, and um, what kind of results are you expecting out of your printer, and then you can decide, well, I'm okay with the kit. I'm okay buying one pre-made. Um, it, it really seems like there's almost a, a hard line there where people know instantly, no, I want this, I want that, um, which they're going to lean toward, and, and then you can kind of get going on, well, how big does it need to be? Does it need a heat of bed? So on and so forth. So just the uh, swing on it. So the printer the, the printer that I have is on sale on a regular basis, and you can pick them up, ship to you for about 160 bucks, And it's a clone of a Prusa. And the low-end Prusa is, and that's a kit, is $599. So nearly, I don't want to say identical, but so I bought a kit for $160, and their kit is $599. So that's that's the price swing. The um, high-end Prusa, I think this is fully assembled, is $899. So yeah, you can spend nearly a grand on a good quality fully assembled printer. Well, and that's just the same. That's that's the exact same printer. They have one printer. It's the Prusa i3 Mark II S is the current version, I believe. And you can get it as a kit, which comes with great instructions. All the, I mean, just it's a beautiful, beautiful kit. If if I were starting over, knowing what I know now, that is the printer I would start with because I just God, there's a ton of reasons why. But you can also buy it pre-built if you just want to plug it in and start printing. Well. When I, when anybody asks me what printer to get, <clears throat> you first you gotta figure out how much community do you need behind your printer, what size printer do you think you need, and bigger ain't always better because as I've learned, I don't tend to fill my bed all the time with parts. 
and there's been very few times that I've had to jockey anything around to make it fit. So you got to look into community and what you need it for. So, well, and I'm sorry. I, and I'll say that is a great point because when people ask me about mini computers, uh, my typical answer is you probably want the Raspberry Pi 3, even though there's hundreds, literally hundreds of these things out there, just because of the amount of people you can reach out for help and the amount of people writing stuff for it. It has the um, um, community behind it that that is there to not only support you, but to support it. Oh, yeah. And, and the, I've always said the Raspberry Pi, whatever the current model is, is a no-brainer. And you can get a cheaper one, but it's going to be more effort. And just like the Octoprint, there's a Octoprint. You can download the image, put it onto the SD card, micro SD card, plug it into your Pi, and run immediately. Whereas if you didn't have a Raspberry Pi, you would have to you know, do a more complex install. Right. Well, and and, I, and I'll say there probably will be an entire show devoted to Octoprint, but not yet. Well, that's something you got to look into too. We just he just mentioned Octoprint. Can your printer support Octoprint? There is a few out there that don't. I mean, Ooh. so you do need to know what you want to. How upgradable do you want your printer to be? Are you good with it just being that bone stock, and it's always going to be that way? You know, there is printers out there that run their own, and then it's a software issue. Do you want to be able to use? Uh, aftermarket or off-brand slicers or whatever. Some of them, you even have to use their design system. I mean, you've got to look into that a little bit. See, now, to me, that that is a little bit crazy, but I want to go back in. Um, we keep mentioning about how so many different aspects of these 3D printers are upgradable, and from what it sounds like is the Prusa has community behind it and a lot of things on even the clones of the Prusa are 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 up are up gradable my question is is when you decide to buy a printer is there something that is not upgradable like where you said size i'm going to guess is the kind of thing that you really can't upgrade I, all of it can be upgraded in some form or fashion it's just whether it's going to be cost effective or how much effort to get it there um they're, I mean, they're very, very open for the most part. There's some of them that are closed source, closed system, where, I mean, you're stuck using their filaments, and, and that's it. But for the most part, most of them can be modified fairly easily. Yeah, and there is. I mean, going along with that, you got, like, the cube, I think it is. I'm not quite sure. And that will tell you, that's, that I'll tell you is the closed it's very closed. You you have to run their software. You have to run their system, and you can't. It doesn't communicate with the octopi, the octoprint stuff. And there's, but it's got some cool features. I mean, if you want just a plug and play, that's a very good choice because it is just throw your image up there, boom, bang, it's done, and you put your filament in, and it's got a. RFID and it reads it, tells you what kind of filament it is, how much you've used off the roll, everything. I mean, it it's a very good system for somebody that just wants to use it like a, a laser jet printer. You know, you want to just make something. 
Yeah, um, when I picture the, I want to say it's the MakerBot uh, one, it looks too enclosed to really be upgradable. And I think the people that buy that are also the people that buy the um, Keurig coffee maker. They just want to, you know, walk by, press a button, get what they want. Um, my belief is at least most of the people I encounter doing 3D printing have much more of a tinker mentality where they insist on the ability to tweak, reconform, reimagine, reinvent, and upgrade like all kinds of pieces. Um, is there any part of a printer you guys would insist that you have to have the ability to upgrade, or is it really yeah, a like personal preference? I would say there's a lot of things that I would say need to be upgradable, like your um, your extruder that. I think is a must it you must be able to upgrade that because as we as this industry gets bigger there's better better extruders coming out all the time you can put dual extruders on you can do multi uh Bowden systems where it's multi colors and into one extruder and I mean that's a big one for me. What well, is a extruder like what I would call a um a um printhead? No, the 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 extruder, it's it's a it's a stepper motor that has a drive gear on it that pushes the filament. It may or may not push it straight in to the hot end. The hot end is where the the filament gets turned liquid and then it's pushed out a nozzle. The common nozzle size is going to be 0.4 millimeters. Um in front of the nozzle, you have a, a, a heater cartridge. In front of that, you have a heat break where it goes from hot to cold. Um, and then above that, you either have a Bowden system or direct drive. Those are the, kind of the, the two main ways to feed the filament so through Bowden there. So Bowden is indirect drive. Uh, Bowden is remote drive. So, I mean, it's, it's pushing it through a tube. So there's a little bit of slop that has to be accounted for, but you don't have extra weight moving around on the head so you can move faster or you have less vibration multiple different reasons you'd want Bowden um, they all kind of have their own place but yeah um, and then from there it feeds back to your your filament reel okay so Prusa I'm and I'm trying to think of a um, oh, a way to compare like Prusa to me is almost like saying, a um uh Prusa is like the un like the unleaded gasoline engine. It seems like a base, like a framework, like a template that it it seems like other people are able to pick up on and basically sell their own devices based off of that uh frame, that layout. I don't know what uh if you guys are car guys or Chevy guys, but it the Prusa reminds me of like a uh, Chevy three fifty engine. It's you know, like you said, it's the base, it's the, it's the, you know, somewhat generic, but there's a lot of stuff you can build onto it. Well, it's open. I think it was probably the first popular one that was licensed to be open, and so people took it and built on it. So, it, and it, it's, actually, it's checked into GitHub, right? I, I, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, all the files, <clears throat> all the... Uh, specs and stuff are on GitHub. Yep. And then part of what you're paying for when you pay that premium is 
all that extra development. And they, it seems like they're very good at paying it forward. Um, and they're doing some really nice stuff with firmware. Um, I, I think they just position themselves in the market through a little bit of skill, a little bit of luck to be the kind of de facto uh, first printer, uh, Prusa style. Roger, Roger. And I will say we have a new connection to the chat. Uh, Aaron, how's everything going, Aaron? Uh, really good, guys. Uh, glad I can finally make it. How's it going with you guys? Uh, really good here. We've been talking about a whole bunch of stuff, but I, but I want to go back and say, uh, Aaron, what part of the world are you in? Um, do you have you always been like creating? Have you always been making? And how how long have you been into the three D printer arena? Uh, I am in uh, Oregon, uh, Pacific Northwest. Um, what you know? I've been uh, yeah, I've been pretty you know into the computers the tech um building my own computers um for a few years doing that uh back in the day um always helping out you know the parents or the the grandparents with the computers um always you know let's see doing rc cars rc helicopters rc quads you know drones all that um, let's see, now into Raspberry Pi's 3D printing. Um, the 3D printing thing, I have been in, I think Liam and I figured that out, and I had uh, been into it just about maybe a year and a half, so just probably about six months more than Liam. Um, but, you know, four to six months, I'd say, more than before Liam got into it. And then once Liam and I connected uh, through you, thanks to you, um, it just went crazy from there. I mean, you know, Facebook, uh, my first printer was the Wanho uh, um, Duplicator i3 version 2. And then I got on the Facebook forum for that and just honestly went crazy. And thinking back on that, it that rooted to get on the 3d printing um you know f craze i guess all uh, came from drones because i was into the uh drones uh, the racing drones and uh, one of the guys on one of the on the channel there was getting a 3d printer to uh, 3d start 3d printing a bunch of his parts and then him and I started talking and got connected through, you know, the Facebook uh, group, the Wanho Facebook group. And, man, it just went crazy from there. I mean, it was it, it it just went nuts. I mean, in the fact that it just seemed like it was fast forward. All you wanted to do was, you know, what's the next step? OK, I got to save some money here. Okay, I've got the money now. Okay, now I'm going to get it ordered. Okay, now the waiting game starts. Okay, what do I need to get? I need to get filament. I need to get tools, I, you know, calipers, digital calipers. Um, and then from there, it just went to, okay, what little upgrades do I want to do to my 3D printer to make it even better? So, yeah, I th uh, that's that's about where I started. Very cool, very cool. And, it, and to me, it seems like, everybody I interact with this is just, again, I'll say really passionate, which I think is really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think what made me even more passionate was, 
and I have to go back to uh, Liam. I mean, Liam and I honestly would, uh, we've, there's been a few times where him and I just chat, chat back and forth, <clears throat> excuse me, through um, Voxer. And next thing I know, we, you know, half the day's gone by and him and I are talking about, okay, let's print this. Let's do this. Okay, well, what if we change this? And, uh, you know, it went crazy from there. And then he got me hooked on getting another 3D printer, uh, the FT5 Folger Tech, uh, which is a much bigger um uh, printer. It's a 12 by 12 uh, print bed with, uh, you know, a full framed 2020 uh, aluminum um, extruded uh, uh, system. And, oh man, I just want another one, you know? I mean, we were just talking about wanting to get another one of those. So, and I think, uh, I think I'm going to end up, uh, there's a guy just to pay it forward, you know, there's a guy at my work that's, you know, right where I started that just wanted to get into the craze. You know, he's interested in 3D printing. And I honestly think I'm just going to, uh, and here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to give him my 3D, my uh, Wanho 3D printer, and I'm going to let him, uh, you know, learn from there. Well, really quick, you said 12 by 12. You don't mean 12 feet by 12 feet, do you? Oh no no sorry uh 12 inches by 12 inches okay Ooh. and and I I'm not I'm trying to remember I think Liam knows but I think the it goes what the build height uh print height is 17 inches is that correct Liam it's uh 400 millimeters so it's 3 by 3 by 4 which works out to 12 by 12 by 16 ish on the height Wow, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I would need to print that would be bigger than bigger than that. I I, I will say that. But now I, I want to go back to the size of printers because one of the things that Brett said, if I'm not mistaken, is he was mentioning acetane, which I believe I'm pronouncing right. I could be wrong. With with that, is it possible to basically print smaller things, like take a bigger print up, hypothetically something you know three feet long? print it in smaller pieces, and then use acetane to basically join it together? Yeah, you could definitely do that with any of the filaments. Um, I would probably do it with PLA, personally, just because you're going to have less warping than you will with ABS. ABS does acetone smooth, and you can use acetone to weld two pieces together. Um, but the size limitation, hey, you get something that's going to be 8 inches by 8 inches, 200 millimeter square, that's that's a great great starting point. Um, most of the stuff that I'm printing or that I see people printing can be done on there or easily broken up to fit within those confines, and then that tends to be the best price performance for these kind of printers as well. Yeah, and uh, personally, I'll be doing um, you know car parts and stuff, the kind of things, prototypes, the kind of things that you can't that you don't want to cut up into too many parts because you know it may not fit right or whatever but you know it's it's the the breaking up is definitely a doable thing for the smaller printers so you know going from a small printer like I had to a big printer is definitely a big change but like you said there's not much that I can see that I couldn't have done on the small printer except now that I'm doing the more automotive stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, the one question I'm almost afraid to ask you guys, and I really just want to go through this quick, but um, 
How many 3D printers do you have, Brett? I have two right now. <laughs> okay. Aaron, how many 3D printers do you have? Uh, I have two as well. Okay. Uh, Chad, I'm also going to say 3D printer or CNC machines. How many do you have? Well, I have the one 3D printer and then um, the one operable uh, CNC machine, the one that works. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Rich, how many do you have? I have one. I'm you know, new to the field, and I've been financially throttled on my ambitions. I, I just keep going to Gearbest, and I see it for $159. I'm like, oh, push order, push order. I'm like, you can't. You have no money. <laughs> I would get a second one in a heartbeat. So it's only a matter of time. Yeah, that and, you know, I can somehow disguise it so my wife doesn't notice. Good luck with that. Um, um, Jonas, uh, how many do you have or have access to? Right now I've just got the one. I'm considering FT5, but I want to print something with uh, higher temperature, so I need to modify whatever the next one is I get. Then I get the CNC machine and, of course, the laser cutter, engraver, all kinds of fun stuff. Gotcha. Um Liam, how many do you have? I've got uh, three printers. I have one's got a 150 by 150 unheated bed, kind of cube volume. It's super inexpensive, pretty easy build, just bulletproof. It was a Tronc CX-1. The kit was horrible. Well, no, let me rephrase that. The kit was great. The QA on the kit was horrible, which is a lot of what you put up to risk when you buy you know, a sub $200 printer from China. Um, that was my third printer. My first one was the same as Aaron's, the Wanho i3. That was 200 by 200 by 200-ish. And then my FT5, my second printer, the 3 by 3 by 400 millimeter build volume. And uh, it's a great platform because you can you have all those upgrade abilities, like, like uh, Jonas was just saying, being able to swap out uh, print heads very easily. The control board that's on it, Gives you more options than something like the Wanho, um, and then also have a MP CNC that's the mostly printed CNC machine. Got one of those sitting in my garage that I need to get creating on. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, I think we get the gist of what a 3D printer is. A CNC machine, I almost um, describe to myself as a mechanized router if you want to do. Um, uh like um uh like like what you have like either taking big pieces big huge chunks blocks cubes of foam or something and whittle it down automatically would that be appropriate yes and no <clears throat> it is um as we think of them uh you know it's basically that but like me and Liam have the same basic setup for our CNC machines. Um, you can add laser heads to them. You can, the one thing nice about the mostly printed CNC is that you can, I, there's guys that put printer heads on them and use them as printers. Um, it's whatever you want it to be too, you know, there's guys that do foam cutting with it. I mean, it's, it's up to your imagination and what you can do with it. That's really cool. So, Dora, why why are you going to get a printer? What 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 do you want to do with yours? Well, not just yet. Trust me, I say I want to get there. But um, when I hear laser engraving, what I picture that as being almost like um, 
uh, almost like laser etching into the face of something like you want to print um like how like 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 a plaque type thing i could think of i am i wrong with that no you're right that's so you can do the laser burning you know or laser cutting you know it all depends how strong the laser you've got yeah definitely engraving uh the guy I work for makes uh, wooden pens. He turns pens in his garage, and he has little pen kits. He puts pens together, and so we laser engrave logos and people's names and stuff on that. I made my dad a set of golf tees with his name on it. So you know, a bag of a hundred tees in about a couple of hours of laser engraving. That's a good project. Very cool. Very cool. Um. Okay, Liam wants to know why I get a, why I want to get a printer. The main thing, I'll, I want to reverse this, and I want all you guys to answer me, because this is the stupidest question I ever heard somebody ask in my life. And I want to ask you guys this question, one, to hear you laugh, but then to give me a real answer. I, I actually told a guy I was looking at getting a 3D printer, and he literally like looked at me like a deer in the headlights. Why on earth would you want to get a 3D printer? What would you ever print out of it? Oh, my God. Anything you want. Almost, you know. Anything that doesn't require, uh, well, no, you can basically do anything, you know, any kind of, uh, any kind of box, any kind of uh, uh, shell of anything. I mean, literally, your imagination is the only thing that you that holds you back. Yeah, Last just week I like... made a. Go ahead. Um, sorry for that. Um. Yeah, it just sounds like people that ask that question just don't have the imagination. I mean, that's what I think when somebody says that. Think of anybody that's ever broken some little ridiculous tiny plastic piece and they got to spend three to $400 to replace some module because this tiny plastic thing broke. I've got an uncle that used to drive Cadillacs, and he doesn't drive Cadillacs anymore because a little plastic clip broke in his air conditioner. And he had to pay, you know, $1,500 to get that fixed. If he had a 3D printer then, he could have printed that plastic part and still be a Cadillac owner. Well, I had a old frid- refrigerator that works perfectly good, but <clears throat> the shelving, the, the hooks that hold the shelving up broke. So I took one of them out and modeled it up and printed out new ones. And <laughs> uh, it's been months. I don't know. It's... <laughs> They hold everything I put in my fridge. So I, I did kind of answer this question uh, early on. I, I got the printer because it was cheap, and then I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do with it? And I started downloading things and printing them, and then I realized I can download and modify them and then print them. And I have a whole entire ecosystem of things that work together. Uh, so, you know, spherical joints, then clamps for the phone and uh, a clamp for the phone with this piece that clamps onto a spotting scope clamp for the phone with another piece that clamps onto a spherical joint clamp for the phone that clamps on the spherical piece that clamps on the tripod that i built and modified so it i've if you look at the things uh in my uh thingiverse uh file which is flying rich they're all most of the things work together so did did none of you guys have a specific impetus where you're like, I'm going to make this thing, but I need a printer? Not me. No, I uh, picked it up because it's a new tech thing and it's a maker thing, you know? And then 
I did pick up work because I have one, so. Well, one of the things, uh, you know, my ideas was the ability to print cases for many computers. So, you know, like Raspberry Pi type things. My thing was, uh, I... Um, oh, there goes Brett. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Starting to fade. Um, mine was kind of that same way. Um, it started out like as just wanting a 3D printer because I was like, oh, a 3D printer. I could do anything and everything I want. The sky's, sky's the limit, you know. Um, but then it was like, like Rich and uh, Brett said that, uh, hey, I could do a Raspberry Pi case. You know, that was my starting. And then it just blew up and went from there. I mean, sky's the limit, honestly. Yeah, it's the concept that, that often people use the, the terminology, like if your tool is a hammer, you think of everything as a nail. And not not that that's a negative connotation, but when you think of it in the 3D printer way, you once you have a 3D printer, you're like, I can print that. I can make that on a 3D printer. You're, you're already modeling a solution in your head when you find a problem. See, I, I, I had quite the opposite. Um, I didn't get the tool just to have the tool because it was cool. I mean, okay, I did, but that's that wasn't my impetus. Um, I let me give you a little backstory. I've I've been doing full contact foam fighting, uh, medieval style LARPing. I, I I don't like the term LARPing, but that's what people are familiar with. We don't do any sort of role play or any of that. It's it's a physical sport first and foremost. We go out to beat each other up and just have fun doing it. Um, but I wanted custom handles for my swords. And I can't woodwork because that requires skill that I don't have as far as arting goes. I mean, I, I can make stuff, but it ain't going to be pretty. So I decided I was going to model and print some handles. And that's how I ended up with a Wanho. Um, accidentally, by the way. <laughs> I, uh, I was pricing the Wanho, looking around after I'd settled on it. And I threw one in a cart to order. And I start the checkout process to see what the shipping is. Well, it turns out the shipping was free and... Two weeks later, I have a, a printer. Well, first off, um, Liam told me what his uh, extracurricular activity was, and then I believe you shared with me a link from, I want to say, Polish television, where this is like a full-fledged televised sport. And let me tell you something. I don't watch American football anymore because they're sissies. Um, watching those guys go to town on each other is some of the most entertainment sport I've ever seen. Well, we we don't use steel. I mean, those guys are a little extra crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would do it, but I'm not going to spend a couple grand on a kit to, to fight with guys every every once in a while. Um, there's just a much lower barrier to entry when you're hitting each other with foam and you pad the weapons as opposed to requiring expensive gear to pad yourselves. Plus, I don't, I don't like the idea of concussions. That's, that happens enough as is without swinging metal at each other. Yeah, I don't look forward to Alzheimer's in my old age. Um, One of the reasons, I'll just say this, one of the reasons I wanted a 3D printer was just like Rich and Aaron kind of hinted at, uh, mini computer custom cases. And it's really not the casing of the mini computers that I'm looking for. It's the encasing of everything involved with the mini computer. The example is I have a uh, Banana Pie Pro mini computer which is essentially a raspberry pi but it has a full sata port on it and a true gigabit nick on it uh i have that hosting my own cloud right now 
where I, where I have like 20 people connecting to it, all kinds of shows coming into it raw that I have to edit. Um, and every case I've bought literally like three or four cases for it. And every case I buy completely sucks. And basically I can't touch where it falls apart um, because of the, because it has an SSD connected to it. Only a couple cases that exist to handle both of it. And then I have a Pine 64, which is another mini computer with a battery. There is no case I can find out there in the market where I can put both it and the battery inside a case and have it nice and neat. I want to also have like a security camera at my front door, looking out the window kind of thing. Um, and I can't find anything that really matches my need. So part of my want and desire is to basically make these mini computers more or less kludgy looking, just look a little bit more professional. And then I know I'll be able to do almost anything I want with these mini computers because then it actually looks like the part and it's going to drive me to do more with so them. So you're the Steve Jobs, not the Steve Wozniak. Well, I'm physically putting the stuff together. I mean, I'm not just selling it to people. And yes, that's all Steve Jobs did was just sell things to people. Um, my second actual goal, and this almost came after I thought about that, was I have a desk, my studio desk, essentially. Uh, I did the basic design for it in my head, and then me and my father-in-law went to Home Depot because he has all the power tools for this. And what I basically have is a 8 by 4 foot desk down here, which is my studio. But that's it. So everything is just thrown about, and it's a complete catastrophe. Uh, I can picture printing 3D organizers for stuff. I can also see uh, printing things that I can connect right under the desk next to my knees to the right and left so I can hold extra component pieces. Um, and that's part of the reason for it. The other part of the reason is I think this is the kind of thing that my kid, my oldest son, who's now 11, who's 12, uh, yeah, 12 like tomorrow or two days from now, whatever. Um, and I think this is the kind of thing he can get into. And I, and I honestly keep saying to myself, I can see him learning this being a marketable talent, a marketable skill, and a good reason for him to get into computers. Because I think when we were all getting into computers, we all had our own individual reason to get in, in into them. And I thought Minecraft was going to be it. But after a couple of weeks, my son lost interest with Minecraft. So I'm hoping this is the kind of thing that can also push him into it. Yeah, my uh, my dad always told me if you learn CAD, you'll always have a job, and well, he was right, and I appreciate that for him. Yeah, so I'll I'll say this: I want to get a 3D printer. I'm not still fully sure on which printer to get. I will say to me, I you know, without making excuses up or sounding stupid, but my old analogy is when the kids are awake, door to door geek doesn't exist. Stephen McLaughlin exists. The guy who tries to be the best father, the best husband, the best family man I, I can possibly be, because that's the way my dad, you know, kind of told me. Do everything I can to make everybody else happy as possible. Um, when the kids go to bed, that's my time. You know, that's when I can do my personal things. Oh, because when I got married, a part of me stopped existing. When I have kids, another part of me stopped existing. So now this is all I have. I do pod nuts. Uh, most of the time it's 20 hours, if not more every week, I have to put into podnuts to keep it up and running, to keep everything going. So I don't think me buying a kit is really the right way to go just because of time constraints. I'm afraid it would literally take me three plus months to get it completely built and up and 
running. Uh, so I don't think a kit's the right way for me. Well, I would have said that for you too, Dor. You, you're a busy man. You you help out the community so much, and you're always doing something. But um, you know, some of these kits now are ninety minutes, and you're you've got to print. You know, there is the CR10, which I've seen many videos on. And right now, that's kind of what I'm leaning on, leaning towards as my second printer. The financial end of it is what's becoming a problem. I'm also remodeling a house and different things, so finances are an issue. But at, you know, right around under 400 bucks, I don't know. It's a, and I've seen the videos of where people have put them together, and in 20 minutes, they're ready to start printing stuff, so... The kits are getting more pre-assembled, but that's my opinion. I I kind of think that if you're going to get a kit, you get one that's completely nuts and bolts, and you build it from the ground up, just because, one, it's fun. You, you get to turn a wrench for a little while. Uh, you have an intimate knowledge of how the thing goes together and comes apart, and if it's messed up, it's probably something you did, which is a good learning experience, but... Um, Another reason for you to get a kit is so that Steve can build it with his kids. Oh, I don't think the kids would be willing to sit with me that long. And I think also, <laughs> yeah, if they're anything like my kids, definitely not. But uh, I think you're going to appreciate it a lot more if you have a kit and you build it yourself. Um, yeah, it's you're going to be like, okay... I I built that thing and it does something and it does it well, you know. And so that's how you you're going to really like that, I think. I just searched Gearbest. The CR10 is 379. That's crazy. Oh, shipping cost is 40 bucks. So they're tacking on another 40 for the shipping. Uh, there are coupon codes to get it under 370 and uh <laughs> currently I've got one of those and the Anet 8 sitting in my cart. If you ship them together, the shipping goes down ten dollars, which is so. You're saying if I buy crazy. more printers, I it's more cost effective. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I thought. Didn't you say uh, earlier this week? Uh, I thought Liam was saying with coupon code it was three sixty seven. Yeah, I wish I had three sixty seven. That would have been bought right away. But my house house also needs windows, so. Well. I I'll, I'll say this. I honestly, well, and here's the other excuse I'm going to use. At least right now, I have a, uh, it's at least a first degree separated shoulder. I believe it, the higher the number, the worst. Um, cartilage damage, joint damage on my right shoulder, which is my main shoulder. Um, can't do anything overhead. Can't really push a lot of pressure on anything right now with the right hand. So I don't think putting something together would be fun for me right now either. I'm not the best guy to put things together. My IKEA stuff technically goes together, but I'm not going to say it looks exactly like it's supposed to. Like um even the lack tables, there's always like a little um small little gap right between the legs and the actual table just because I I I I think I'm going to break the damn thing. Um so I'm not sure I'm the best guy to put something together. So let's just say hypothetically, I'm the guy who wants to literally pull out a razor knife, cut the box open, open the box, and press a button and start printing. 
what would you and and i almost want to say instead of getting a kit car this would be almost like buying the ferrari off the lot i that's going to depend on your budget at that point okay uh go, go to both extremes for the hobbyist person because my logic is the hobbyist the low end of course the low end but i can't see a hobbyist spending more than a thousand dollars on one of these are you comfortable putting two pieces together so like this frame to that frame so it can be flat packed or you just literally want to cut the straps off pull it out plug it in i will say putting one or two things together shouldn't be rocket science or hard to mess up well then you know my vote's going to be the cr10 because for price and i've seen the prints that it makes that's some super high quality good prints so i don't know I, I'm looking at the CR10, and even as a guy that would build another, you know, Anet A8 i3 in a heartbeat for, you know, 160 bucks, the 379, I would, I would just, you know, take my money. Now, if you want to do nothing and just pull it out and support it, and support the guy that really developed the whole, you know, support Prusa. Yeah, get the Prusa Mark II or whatever it is. That's a great choice, and I can't fault anybody for buying that. That is a good printer. Well, and I'll say I am a fan of direct support. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm going to be asking you guys a million freaking questions no matter what I get. But part of me does like the idea of putting money into not uh, some you know small place in indonesia or wherever doing a clone of these things but actually going back to the source to encourage them to make more firmware do more updates come out with your next version do it better do it cheaper than anybody else can kind of thing so part of me really liked the idea of this now if this was me 10 years ago i would have said tell me the absolute cheapest one possible and i'll put the damn thing together myself but i'm honestly liking the idea of supporting the guys behind it and I think that is where you hit the nail on the head. Um, you're going to have, with the Prusa, you're going to have a great community behind you. You're going to have, I think his name is Joseph Prusa or whatever, um, directly available. <clears throat> and uh, with the CR-10, uh, no support. You're going to maybe find videos on YouTube. Um, yeah, so... If you're looking for support and supporting a guy that put his effort and put it all out there and still keeps it open, still, you know, and he doesn't complain about people making the clones and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, that's, I think that's a great choice. Well, yeah. I've yeah, I think Prusa, honestly, I think he was one of the originators. So, I mean, and he's still going and still has uh, some amazing ideas still to come. I mean, the Mark II, uh, you know, if I could afford it as a, you know, I like putting them together like Liam. I like, uh, I definitely uh, like the build i get more enjoyment and uh, learn the machine a lot better that way but for if you're going to buy a printer do nothing out of the box you know a couple screws that's it i mean the prusa mark ii and i mean it has all the bells and whistles i mean minus one or two things but you can upgrade those later down the road 
you know? I I, I still say get the kit with the Prusa because um, tolerance is built into the firmware. So you could build it crappily and it'll self-correct until you're ready to rebuild it properly. Yeah, I mean, they were talking about that. Uh, there was a couple of videos that I saw. I don't even remember um, who it was that built it purposely uh, incorrectly and uh, not square, and it corrected itself and worked just fine. So, uh, yeah, no. If you can handle the build, then definitely do the build. Um you it'll take you longer to build it but i think you'll have more enjoyment and satisfaction uh once you're once it's completed but that's me i mean i don't know i don't know how you are when it comes to building stuff like that door uh i can do legos um (laughs) which you can also print by the way you can have custom legos oh trust me i can see i probably will um and I know Rich does coding for a living kind of thing. One of my crutches that I became like dependent on, and really I hate saying it like that, but it is, to me this is really true. I became dependent on doing everything by example. So part of me almost believes if I get a printer in and I see it in motion, I see it doing its thing. If I then, after the fact, my second printer is more of a build process, I'll at least have something to base it off of, even though I know it's not going to be the same thing because one is one, one is the other. Um, Part of me believes seeing it in action is going to make me comprehend it much more than watching a YouTube video showing you how to build it or something. That's fair. Everybody's uh, process and decision-making is different. I mean, that's that, it wouldn't be any point to get, in, get together and talk with you guys if we all thought the exact same thing. That'd get boring awful quick. Well, and that's what I was just thinking. And everybody's case situation is different. Um, if you've got the time, you got the know-how, build one. I think you're just going to get more out of it. But you, you know, if you don't have the time, buy it, buy it built, and you got the money. You know, I just I mine is a financial thing, and I love to tinker on things. I'm always taking mine apart, doing something stupid to it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Dort, here's the solution. Get the kit, buy a case of beer, and some liquor, and I'll I'll come up and I'll build it for you. That's about 1,400 miles, Rich. Yeah, I, I can do that in less than a day. You order it, have it shipped to my house, <laughs> I'll build it, and eventually you'll get it. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and, and I definitely understand the enjoyment of getting it done, but... I'll say this. I don't see myself getting any less enjoyment from going into a piece of software, designing something, and having it print out. And what I, one of the things I almost hate to say, one of the things I almost think is insulting about it is part of me honestly wants to print what I would almost classify as modern-day knickknacks. Like, um, dare I say, Liam sent me a couple like uh, retro uh, art-type things of like, Mega Man, uh, The Legend of Zelda kind of thing. And I could see doing printing of just things just to have them on my desk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got an entire, well, not a wall. I have an entire, like, six-foot shelf in my shop just covered in little things I've printed out that I thought were cool. I put them up there. It's decoration. 
uh, gives the printer something to do, gives me a reason to print and work on tuning it. Yeah, I think we all make knickknack stuff. And sometimes it is just because you like something on Thingiverse or whatever. Or me, I personally, when I'm in the shop working on something, when I'm programming something or designing something, I like the sound of my printer going. And it can be annoying too because, or time suck actually, because I'll sit and watch it and that can, I get hypnotized by my printer too often. I, every time I make a, or every time I get a, a new filament, I make an Intellivision Running Man as a sample, and that way I can see what that material looks like. Oh, that, that's that's a good. That's what those are, Intellivision. Thank you. Yeah, I was looking at those and I was wondering what they were from. Yeah. So yeah, I've printed mostly functional things and and only one or two, you know, desk art type items. But I I've been wanting to print like an at at and i've been wanting to print uh some of the robots from robocop yeah the what is it the ed 308 309 or something like that i i've I've got that in my list of stuff to to print as well yeah they uh i've printed uh, a couple things you know a little bit of both some practical some arts um a few flowers for my wife you know just when i got a new uh filament Test and brownie points. Well, are any of you guys selling your services or selling prints? Because um, I, yeah, I think it's been half and half. That the stuff that I've sold has been functional versus just decorative. I haven't yet, but I'm working on it. Thanks to, um, thanks to you, honestly. Um, but you know, I'm my my. Uh, stuff on my wall is more little things and uh little gadgety things and of course uh there's some purpose things i've did some nerf mods and uh did some uh did the lego flower giant size uh for my wife on mother's day that was pretty cool yeah and i have a well an ongoing order with a guy that I make some parts for his product that he makes and because it's cheaper to have me make them than him spend the time to do them and stuff so I make enough money to where I don't pay for my own filament that often well that's nice um and and I'll say uh a uh I don't want to say tertiary but like one other thing that I think of that I always wanted to do is whenever I go to a conference uh, I am representing Podnuts. Yes, I am going there for myself. Yes, I'm going there for selfish reasons. But at the same token, I'm going there to represent Podnuts. And part of me always wants to be able to hand out stuff. You know, T-shirts are expensive. I don't care how, you know, where you get them at. And I don't want to give out super cheap stuff that falls apart in the washing machine. Uh, hats are expensive, too. Part of me thinks if I could print little Podnuts I don't know, coins or something and hand them out. At least I'll be g- giving something out at these events. Yeah. And then it's going to be something that's way more novel in most cases. I, the average person has never seen something that's 3d printed or let alone own something that's 3d printed. Um, so that kind of helps with that as well from the uh, being in front of mine standpoint. Um, I printed out little breakaway cards during Christmas Stuck them in with the the Christmas card, 
that people could assemble uh, that was kind of cool. I've already got um, some stuff I'm planning on printing out to give out to some of my really good clients just to say, hey, thanks, and then, you know, remember me, that kind of thing. So that, it's definitely good for that kind of thing as well. And there is the excitement of the people that see something 3D printed and you get to talk about it and whatnot. So it is, I, I show off all my 3D printed stuff all the time. I bring them to work or there's a few guys at work that really enjoy looking at them and stuff. And I've made a lot of gifts on my 3D printer, uh, light switch covers, different stuff like that. Very cool, very cool. And I will say when the show goes on and when we get into more weekly reoccurring topics, uh, we are going to have links to the things that we print. Uh, thankfully, we have services out there like um, Thingiverse, which if there's ever been an example of standing on top of the shoulders of the, um, of the um, giants before you, I think that is one of the, I'm sure there's more sites, but that is one of the best sites where you can go search for nearly anything. You can download the um, um, model of that, tweak it if you want, don't tweak it if you don't want, print it out. So when we, when that we print things that we tweak, we're going to try to re-upload them to at least some service. So anyone listening to the show can download and print those very same things. Um, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of people inquiring uh, like if we say we even print like a latch for our back fence, you know, somebody out there is going to be like, I, I need a latch for my back fence. I want to see this. And the, uh, we do have a thing group already. Um, it's the makers dash pod nuts. So anybody wants to join, just join up. It'd be great build a community of people asking questions and looking at things everybody's made and that'd be cool yeah and we also have the uh mewi group as well um it's it's very quiet over there um it's a little sparse so if you, you join up your your voice is definitely heard and uh you have our attention no no liam what you have to twist it if you join mewi m-e-w-e and if you join the group the makers uh, you are guaranteed to get a response. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we all check it, I think. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, we definitely check that. Uh, but isn't there also, um, don't we have a Facebook uh, page too? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a Facebook page. It's probably a little bit more sparse than the, uh, the MeWe, but uh, it's there. Door. Oh, thank you, Brett. Well, okay. all all this stuff is new, so you know, as the community grows, as people listen, you know, hopefully we can get a good community around this and have some fun talking to each other. Yeah, and we will be on Google Play, we will be on iTunes, we will be on all the other services where you can download podcasts. We're just not there yet, especially as we're recording, since there's nothing to post yet. Um, uh, down the line, uh, Brett, is there anything you want to end off with? No, I just uh, just enjoying it and uh, having fun with it. So that's the best we can ask for. At least the best I can ask for is to have fun. Roger, Roger. Aaron, is there anything that you would like to end off with? Um, not really. Um, you know, I'm on the Google Plus. Uh, Aaron Turnbull on uh, Google Plus. Um, Facebook, same thing. Um, 
you can hit any of us up, uh, hit me up. I'll uh, answer anything you have uh, questions on. Chad? Well, not really, but, um, you know, come out, check out our Thingiverse group. Um, uh, I think we're going to have a Patreon thing going here fairly soon, if it's not going already. Um, yeah, and don't be afraid of 3D printing. That's I know that when I started, it's it was nerve-wracking and whatnot and hopefully these shows will help you walk through it rich are you are you are you still awake yeah considering it's almost 1 a.m yeah i'm like i sent a message i said i'm at the end of my useful consciousness uh flyingrich.com so i i do produce uh youtube videos typically one a week sometimes more than one a week and uh i'll hit topics one of the topics is 3d printing and um, I've got a number of items posted up on Thingiverse under Flying Rich and on the Makers Podnuts uh, group on Thingiverse. So pretty much all of my social media can find on you know Flying Rich, and you can see all sorts of stuff about three D printing. Jonas, uh, just keep making, make something you need, invent something you want, and print it. Liam, uh, first I'd like to thank you, Dor, for bringing us all together and getting this thing going. I know we've been talking about it for a while. Uh, do we have some place people can reach out to us? Do we have an email set up yet? Yes, we do. And it is dmakers at podnuts.com. That's T-H-E-M-A-K-E-R-Z at podnuts.com. Um, and I will say, just like uh, the um, show artwork says, uh, you know, we break it, we build it. I'm trying to remember. Build, break, build it, learn. Break it, learn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hey, I'm still new at this. Uh, we will have a isolated YouTube channel. I will say it's going to be the makers um, where if you want Podnuts content uh, and you only want makers content, you'll be able to go there. There will be a a, a Patreon sooner or later is the logic, hopefully within a couple weeks, um, where we are going to post exclusive content. That exclusive content will only be a ad ad addition to the show's content. It will never be exclusive, like completely different kind of content. Um uh, please send us emails. Uh please contact us if you want to send a voicemail. It's seven oh seven six podnut. Uh just ask that in the very beginning of the call, make sure you edit you you say what show you want it to go to because it's the same phone number for all of the shows. Um I want to thank everyone for downloading. Thank everyone for their support. Thank all these guys for coming out. Two hours for the first episode. Uh, we have a lot more content to go over and a lot more beginner content to go over. Uh, one of the goals of this show is going to be to bridge the gap between the haves and the have-nots to educate the newest of the new people at the same time, helping the advanced person uh, understand other other options that they didn't know of hopefully um with that i thank everyone and i will talk to you real soon hey this is martin abando from geeksters on the podnuts network thank you so much for listening to the show right now and supporting the podnuts network we can't do it without you if you have any questions comments concerns something that tickles your fancy you want to ask us about you can reach out to us at geeksters at podnuts.com you can always listen to us we're going to be here all the time trying to figure out what's going on with the world of computers hey don't forget to be grown out there thanks guys